You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 305. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. podcast coming to you today to talk about microgreens. I figured it was another great way for you to get vegetables in if they are worth it and I wanted to do the research on that for you. I wouldn't say that microgreens are all the hype today. I feel like they were um, probably a couple years ago or last year for sure but people are definitely still talking about them. They're growing them and I thought it would be important today to talk to you about the general reasons people eat them, if you should eat them, how much you should eat, uh, comparing them to sprouts because a lot of people think that they're the same thing as sprouts and again any way to help you get in more vegetables, nutrients, and sort of diversity into your diet is always going to be best. So we're going to talk about that, and I wanted to make sure that you've already signed up for the Summer Six-Pack Challenge. We have the two-week Summer Six-Pack Challenge starting April 17th. If you go to earnthatbody.com forward slash summer six pack you can register there you can get the details there you can find out if it's already sold out there because my spring challenges usually do sell out we do limit the amount of people we bring into them because it's sort of nice to have a somewhat smaller group for these challenges because we do a super fun online community um private page where we do just a lot of talking about you know what video did you do how was it um certain challenges here and there and there's going to be nutrition challenges in case you need to just like dial your nutrition back in before summer season so that you're feeling really good when you put your summer bikini on maybe you have to go bikini shopping or bathing suit shopping coming up and so the summer six pack is all about getting you Super fit, super toned, especially in your core, getting your diet back on track with some fun nutritional challenges, um, and just really to, to make you feel better when you go try on that bathing suit. Because I know the feeling of trying on a bathing suit when you haven't started getting your nutrition back on track and you feel kind of blah. And so this two week challenge really just sort of helps pump you up and guide you and hold you accountable to get back to where you want to be. So definitely sign up for the summer six pack. Again, earnthatbody.com forward slash summer six pack. Okay, are you ready to talk about microgreens? Cause we're gonna talk about all of that after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, I wanted to give you a weight loss tip. So instead of news and education, sometimes the Eagle Eye on Health is inspiration, sometimes it's tip. And today I wanted to talk about one because I have experienced it recently, <laughs> and it's a really important one. So if you're trying to lose weight, I would say one of the biggest sabotages that you might be doing to yourself over and over and over is letting yourself get too hungry, almost to the point where you'd say you're hangry and you're starving. And so I have been challenged with this lately because I am recovering from a knee procedure and I cannot do any cardio right now. So I'm having to shift my calories down. Um, and it's been a challenge for sure because my body has been eating a lot of calories, about 2000 plus calories a day just to maintain my weight when I was doing all of my routine cardio fitness type of workouts. 
Well, now I do upper body strength and core every other day. I was just approved to walk for 15 minutes, but no hills, no inclines, and really not very fast. So I haven't gotten my heart rate up, let's say in about nine weeks, which is killing me. And as a result, I have to bring my calories way down. Um, otherwise, there will be gain on the scale. There has already been a couple pounds of gain, but I consider that normal. Like at this point, if I'm not up like two to three pounds, considering I'm not doing any cardio, I would say that would be abnormal. And I'm not willing to live starving all day just to sort of hold off three pounds. So I don't mind if I can stay here at like two to three pounds over what I normally am. I'm super happy with that during an injury period. But I don't want it to go over that because I know just like you know, as soon as we get to five pounds overweight, it can creep up fast and it's harder to get off as we get older. So all that being said, I have had to drop my calories. And when I've done that and I get super busy on some days, sometimes I don't eat in time. And that takes me to the point of getting starving. <laughs> and once you get starving, all bets are off when it comes to eating healthy. The reason being is usually the blood sugar is dropping at a rapid rate. And so your body's like, I need food. And they, when that happens, <laughs> they in your body, um, screaming at you, you should eat. When that happens and the blood sugar is dropping, you're going to crave carbohydrates. You're generally gonna crave the unhealthy ones. Like if I'm starving, literally, and there is a CVS on my ride home, I have been known to go in and get a Snickers bar. Now, not ideal, don't do it very often because I don't let this happen very often. And also I'm the kind of person who gets the blood sugar drop where you start to get the shakes. And so um, like I know that I have to eat something, especially if like I'm continuing to drive for a long period of time which is why I generally bring snacks in my purse so that doesn't happen, but it has happened. I am human. So you never want to let yourself get to that point. If I had simply eaten a snack earlier and not letting myself let myself get to that point of starvation, then it's much easier to continue eating healthy that day and to eat something healthy instead of grabbing chips or cookies or things that are going to give you that really quick fix of sugar and carbohydrates. So I tell my clients all the time, whatever you do, do not let yourself get to starving because once you get to starving, it is serious willpower that will be created to make sure that you don't go for the unhealthy carbohydrate and can grab the healthy food. Like when you're super starving, the carrots just don't sound like they're gonna cut it. And so you're probably not gonna grab the carrots or the celery with peanut butter on them. Again, you're gonna be more likely to grab something from a bag or a box. And that is no bueno, no good team, all right? So I am giving you the tip right now that if you are trying to get your nutrition back on track, if you're trying to lose weight, the key is to never let yourself get to that point of starvation. And that means you should be eating every two to three hours. And if you are someone like me, you're probably eating every two hours because I get hungry by the third hour and I don't wanna let myself get to that point. Another thing you can do is you can drink hot tea within those two to three hours to sort of help fill and soothe yourself. Um, but just don't get to the point of hangry because once you get there, it is just really hard to come back. And you wanna help yourself during this time that you're trying to eat less calories to lose weight. You wanna help yourself by not making it extra challenging, like when all of a sudden your body goes into that state of, I need calories, I need sugar, I need it now. So do yourself that favor. 
I'm doing myself that favor. And another way to do yourself that favor is to make sure that you have healthy food on hand that's just as easy to grab as something from the box or the bag. All right, so there you have Eagle's Eye on health. I'm being challenged with it too, team. It's not an easy time. All right, let's get to it. Let's talk about microgreens because it definitely is still a lot of talk out there. I have a lot of clients who ask me, does this count as my vegetable servings for today? And I wanted to just sort of do the deep dive for you. And one thing that I wanted to clear up right off the bat was the difference between sprouts and microgreens because I think there's a lot of misconception that they're the same thing. So like sprouts, the microgreens are a young vegetable. That's basically what they both are. But sprouts and microgreens are definitely not the same. Sprouts are newly germinated seeds that people harvest just as the seed begins to grow and before the leaves develop. And the opposite, I wouldn't say the opposite, but the, the difference with the microgreens is that they grow basically from sprouts and they grow and have the leaves. And so you're gonna be eating the stem and the leaf of a microgreen, but of a sprout, you are not eating the stem and the leaf. It's like you're getting it right when it starts to germinate basically. So they are a little bit different in that way. And some people uh, definitely fear sprouts a little more because they are known to have a bit more of a bacteria on them. They can, you have to be very cautious with sprouts when it comes to that food borne bacteria. And sprouts don't have that, or I should say uh, microgreens don't have that as often. Microgreens can get a bacteria, so you do have to be careful if you're making them yourselves, but not as often as the sprouts do. So that's definitely something that a lot of people get concerned about. Now, microgreens, as I said, uh, they are the seedling of vegetables. They are the seedlings of herbs as well. You can grow microgreens from either vegetable or herb seeds. And they are an emerging type of specialty vegetable that people can buy from shops. They can grow them at home. I'm sure you've seen all those little packs that people are growing. They're definitely sort of a, a fun do-it-yourself that you can do at home. And they definitely have some different kinds of species that you might not have even uh, known that you can grow. And scientists see microgreens as a functional food. And that just means that they can provide key nutrients in a very practical way. Um, some people call them a superfood. And people have grown these kind of things like the mustard, the cress uh, seeds on their kitchen windows for so long in classrooms. You probably, maybe you remember it growing up. They're fun to grow. They taste good. They're easy to grow. They're healthy for you. And so it just sort of has definitely taken off in the last few years that they are a health food that you should be including in your diet. Now, some say they taste sweet, some say they're savory. Um, I have found some to be quite bitter. They really come in all different flavors. They have different nutritional values depending on which kind of seeds that you're growing. They have different textures, different colors. And there's something that you can add to salads. You can add them to sandwiches. Some people put them in their smoothies or use them as a garnish even. They're sustainable for eating raw, which means they retain their vitamin and mineral content. And to me, that is 
a super huge value because often when we cook our vegetables and depending on how we cook them, and I've done some podcasts on this before, you can lose some of the vitamin and mineral content based on how you cooked it. So steaming tends to be one of the best ways to cook vegetables because you won't lose as much of that nutrient value. And so with these uh, microgreens, I keep wanting to call them sprouts, with these microgreens, it's great because you eat them raw. So you don't lose any of the vitamins or any of the minerals. So that's super important when we're trying to eat things for their nutritional value, right? So like sprouts, microgreens are a young vegetable, but as I said, the sprouts and the microgreens are definitely not the same. Those sprouts are newly germinated, as I just said, and so you're not gonna get the leaf on top, which is probably what you see when you go to most shops and you're getting microgreens added to that smoothie, things like that. Now, microgreens can grow in soil or they can be grown hydroponically, which most people probably are not doing, although I have recently come to love hydroponics and aquaponics. I find it absolutely fascinating. But microgreens are generally grown um, in soil and they're gonna need sunlight and people harvest a microgreen anywhere from one to three weeks after it starts to develop. So it, it doesn't take that long. A sprout, you would harvest much, much sooner. So they grow much quicker because you're not letting it get to that full life of a microgreen. So popular microgreens, you might wonder, well, like what are people eating? These are, there's tons of different seeds that you can grow as a microgreen. So amaranth, basil, kale, broccoli, mustard, uh, borage, beets, parsley, peas, pak choy, sweet chard, rocket. I mean, it goes on and on and on about which seeds you can grow. And just so you know, it's the same seed that grows into the full vegetable. So even broccoli can be grown as a microgreen and it's the same seed that I use to grow the full head of broccoli, the full vegetable that you would use for a microgreen. The only difference is you're cutting it off at the soil line when it only has like one or two leaves on it. It's like a little tiny baby plant. It hasn't even grown a stalk or a flower. It's just like one to three inches tall. That's the only difference. So you actually can grow your own from the seeds you might have at home if you're a gardener. But I will say this, you're not gonna buy your pack of broccoli seeds that you get at Johnny's potentially. Um, if you buy a pack of seeds, you may only get 10 to 15 seeds in the pack. That's not the way you want to be doing your microgreens. You have to get the bulk pack because you're gonna be densely laying these down in the soil, as you've likely seen, like tons of the microgreens are all packed together. And so it's not, don't buy like a pack of seeds and then think that you're gonna build a big thing of microgreens because that's not how it works, but it is the same seed. Now, the most important thing are the possible health benefits. And I always have to say possible because a lot of the studies out there don't show full information, full research that's been done. And so sometimes they say it can lead to this. It might lead to this. So some of the possible health benefits that they talk about are several, quite honestly, when it comes to micro, uh, microgreens. So they're very rich in nutrients and that's what I love about them. Many fresh plant products are going to provide vitamins and minerals and fiber and that is true as well for the microgreen. 
because these kind of nutrients are going to prevent a lot of different diseases. They help you manage your weight, then they boost the mental, physical health and well-being. And microgreens can offer all of these benefits and they say possibly even more. Now, kale is avail available as a microgreen and you could also grow it as a regular vegetable, right? So it can be done either way. And then they talk a lot about the antioxidant content. So many plant-based foods are great sources of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. Vitamins and minerals play hundreds of roles in essential bodily processes. It's a reason that I'm always trying to encourage my clients to eat more vegetables. Antioxidants help the body eliminate unstable waste molecules known as free radicals. And the free radicals result from both natural bodily processes, it just happens naturally in your body, but then also environmental pressures like pollution. And as they build up in the body, they can lead to cell damage. Eventually this damage can contribute to development of different kinds of diseases like cancer, unfortunately. Now the body can remove some free radicals, but they can still accumulate. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with, you know, how much toxin you have going on in your body or, you know, what you're around in terms of the environment as well. So these antioxidants from foods can help remove them. And plant-based foods can provide a lot of these antioxidants. Now there is evidence to suggest that microgreens, have a high antioxidant content, which means that they may help, again, they may help prevent against a range of diseases. The exact types of antioxidant will also depend on which type of microgreen that you're growing. So the microgreens from the brassica family, then that would be like your broccoli, contains a lot of vitamin E, which is a phenolic antioxidant and they call them aster, I don't even know how to say it, asteraceae microgreens, such as uh, hickory and lettuce. They appear to be high in vitamin A or carotenoid antioxidants. So it really does depend on which microgreen that you're gonna eat as to which of the benefits that you may in fact get. Again, just like all vegetables, right? They all have different nutrients and different beneficial values. So there is, a growing interest, I would say, in microgreens because of the sustainability of them. Uh, microgreens could be a really great way to provide city-dwelling families and locally produced seasonal vegetables at a very low cost. They're pretty easy to make. They're pretty low cost. It doesn't take a lot of time as well. As you know, so many people are growing them at home in very small spaces, right? You do not need a lot of space to make the microgreens. And so that's definitely a benefit as well. Now, in terms of nutrition, the nutritional value of microgreens does vary, as I said, according to the type of seed that you're gonna grow. However, there is evidence that some may contain a higher concentration of many nutrients than the actual mature, fully grown counterpart. Now, that is amazing to me that the microgreen, this tiny little inch or two of the plant is gonna possibly have a higher concentration of the nutrients than the full plant. That's amazing. And it's a reason that we should probably include them in our diet, right? Now, according to the USDA, 100 grams of kale microgreens 
provide only 29 calories. So that's going to be super low cal, which also can be great for you if you're if you're eating a lot of something like that, right? And other research has indicated that brassica micro microgreens like kale may be an especially good source of antioxidant vitamins and the minerals like potassium and calcium, which is really, really great. Now, they gave an example of a 100 gram serving, which I looked up all over, like what is a serving size of a microgreen? Because if you see how small they are, you're going to be like, well, how many of these am I going to eat? Generally, I found that a serving could be anywhere from uh, a half a cup to a cup, and most people said about 100 grams is an actual serving. Now, a cup of microgreens is kind of a lot, I will say that, that that will look like a lot because they're so tiny. You know, if you think about like putting broccoli, actual broccoli heads in your one cup measuring cup, you can't fit that many in. But of the microgreens, you're gonna fit a lot in a cup. Now, they gave an example that a 100 gram serving of sunflower and basil microgreen mix would provide 28 calories, so you don't have to worry about the calorie content team. That's not gonna be an issue. There even is a tiny bit of protein, 2.2 grams, not a lot, but there is a little bit. There's 2.2 grams of fiber, so that's actually sadly more fiber than some of your leafy greens. So some people are eating a lot of butter-type lettuce, um, and they, a lot of your lettuce, you should look at how much fiber it has in it. Sometimes it's like super low. And so I see people eating all these salads and they think they're getting tons of fiber. You're getting lots of great nutrients, but not fiber necessarily. So considering how tiny these little guys are, it's impressive that they have 2.2 grams of fiber in them. Now, it has 66 milligrams of magnesium, 66 milligrams of phosphorus. 298 milligrams of potassium, very low sodium, 11 milligrams of sodium, tiny bit of zinc, 6.6 milligrams of vitamin C, 79.6 micrograms of vitamin A, and 66 micrograms of folate. The greens also contain selenium, manganese, and a range of vitamin B. So that's great stuff, people, like in this little, it's like a little packed punch in this tiny little microgreen. It really does have a lot. And so it's something that I personally am going to start including more in my diet. Of course, when I make it, uh, I'm gonna definitely grow my own because I love to garden and I love to grow my own food. And this is such an easy one that you can, in fact, grow on your own. Now, if you are interested in growing it on your own, I will tell you, as I said, that you do not want to get the seed pack of like 10 or uh, 12 seeds that might come in a seed pack for all of like $3.50 or more, depending on where you get it. And you're gonna have to pack them very densely into a container of some sort. So you can actually go right on Amazon and look up microgreen, microgreen kits and probably find tons of them there. I am personally still a fan of using organic seeds if and when you can, so you might want to include that in your search, but super easy to make. You just put a little bit of potting mix in sort of a 
shallow dish of some sort, a little bit of potting mix. Uh, you want something pretty fine grain. You don't want a garden soil that's gonna be a little thicker with a little more wooded products in it. You really need a fine grain so that you can get an even growth of the microgreens throughout the tray. Um, some people will put water in the tray first, then they add the soil and that's going to avoid more fungal issues just so you know because again earlier i talked about the fact that you can get some fungus bacteria within these microgreens for sure in your sprouts and so it is something you need to be cautious of for food poisoning reasons it does happen a lot less with the microgreens i still wash everything so even if i'm cutting microgreens i will still fully um, rinse them with a good you know soaking in water and that's probably advised as well but they are super easy and you're gonna let them grow um you know they're gonna sprout up pretty quickly and a microgreen you can cut anywhere from one to three inches tall uh, just right at the soil line and those are your microgreens put them all in a cup see how much a half a cup or a full cup is and there you go it's gonna pack a punch when it comes to the nutrient value that you're going to get now what are any disadvantages of microgreens well they are generally safe, but again, there is that one concern of the food poisoning because of the bacterial growth. So it is something that you have to keep in mind. It's a much smaller concern than in sprouts. So if you didn't know that sprouts had that concern, they do, you have to be very cautious of that. Some people wanna know, well, what's healthier, the sprouts or the microgreens? Um, sprouts are better sources of amino acids and pectins and sugars. Than microgreens but microgreens are characterized by the higher content of the carotenoids and the chlorophylls organic acid and they don't have any sugars so that is more of an anti-diabetic anti-cholinogenic activity than sprouts so some people that is definitely going to be a huge benefit for overall they're really good for you team i'm gonna say you know if you could do one serving a day as one of your vegetable servings. So I always tell you five servings a day of vegetables is the goal. A half a cup of vegetables is a serving size, a full cup for leafy greens, and it looks like about a cup for microgreens. Again, that was really hard information to find. There is no like designated amount of what's an actual serving. Um, I would say half a cup to a cup would be a pretty good dosage serving size for your microgreen. Now, given the current interest in edible plants, um, definitely the studies have improved over time. The knowledge on metabolic profiles of sprouts and microgreens of dietary species reveal that they are good sources of bioactive compounds and just overall health promoting properties, which is definitely what we need a whole lot more of in our bodies. The microgreens contain the high levels of carotenoids, the chlorophylls, the organic acids, but very scarce amounts of sugars, as I said, and that can really be important, especially for diabetics and for people who are trying to keep their sugar levels down overall. And those microgreens show the higher anti-diabetic, anti-cholinergic activity than the sprouts. Again, I said that again because it's important for diabetes that you have to really watch that all the time. And some diabetics actually avoid a lot of vegetables out there because they're always having to watch that intake of the amounts of sugar that they're getting. Now, sprouts like broccoli, radish, lentil, um, radish, amaranth, kale, they say 
Use it daily. Make it your superfood. Make it your functional food. Consumption of microgreens can be really a magnificent way for humans to stay healthy. And they say it really helps with a lot of uh, oxidative stress as well. So I say go for it. This is one of those ones where I'm like, I'm not going to avoid it. I think you should have some greens daily. I think it's a fun thing to grow on the counter, uh, especially if you have kiddos. It's a really fun thing to grow. And whenever you grow anything with your kids, they want to eat it. That is why I think my biggest heartache of me becoming a gardener in the last few years is that I wasn't doing it when I when my son was little. I think if you have little ones, there can be no greater joy than growing food together because that is going to encourage them to eat healthy foods like vegetables. There are so many kids out there who do not eat vegetables and the parents are not giving them vegetables because they won't eat vegetables and then it just becomes like it's not even an option in the house. I'm telling you this, you go outside, you plant a small raised bed and you grow vegetables every day with your little one and they see it poke out of the ground and they see it grow into a broccoli head and they see that broccoli head then become a flower and they see then that the bees come to the flower. There's so much to learn. Like as the little kid, I'm like the little kid. That's why I have fallen so in love with gardening because I find it amazing and I love real food. And I don't want my food to be sprayed with anything, including organic pesticide. That's a whole other talk. We've done it before. But even that organic vegetable you buy in the market, and I buy it too, but it has been sprayed. It's just been sprayed with an approved pesticide of some sort. It is better than a regular pesticide, but it is still sprayed. And I do no spraying in my garden. So yes, some bugs get in then the beneficial bugs sometimes get them. There's so much to learn, but again, it's just such a beautiful thing to watch a child be a part of. And so an easy way to do that would be with the microgreens. So I highly recommend it. There's so many kinds that you can get. Um, Like I said, just do a couple searches online and you're gonna be able to see all the different seeds that you can get. Now, I will say this, someone sent me, um, my sister, she sent me a microgreens kit like a couple years ago and I think it was a radish seed oh it did not taste good it was so so bitter and a lot of the microgreens are a little bit strong flavored they can be a little bitter they can be a little peppery so if I were you I would do a little research maybe you love that flavor like my husband loves it Um, but I hated it. Like I couldn't even put it in anything because it was just too strong for me. So I definitely recommend you might do a little search if you don't like that bitter peppery type of uh, flavor. Look for ones that say sweet. They're not going to be sweet like candy, trust me, but they're going to be less bitter. Um, And so I know that I'm going to be doing that research for myself because what I want to grow right now would be ones that I eat all the time. And I can tell you right now, if they're spicy and bitter, I'm not going to eat it. So definitely check that out. Grow some microgreens. Make it one of your five servings of vegetables a day. Like I I personally, I would not have it for your five servings a day because I am a big fan of diversity. And so even vegetables, I want you to vary throughout your day. I don't want you to eat the same vegetable all day long. I don't want you to eat the same protein all day long. So one of your five vegetables being a microgreen, that would be fantastic. And just remember, the overall goal is just constantly to get real food in our body 
healthy food in our body. Food that came from the ground is some of the healthiest things that you can eat, things that are grown organically without pesticides, because you are gonna get that supreme nutrient value uh, the antioxidants as well, it's so important. So for you, for your kiddo, for your partner, for all of you, please go enjoy the microgreens. And don't forget to go to earnthatbody.com forward slash summer six pack. Get into our two week challenge starting in April because it's gonna be super fun. Maybe we'll have to include a microgreen challenge within it. <laughs> Join us, have fun, have a great week. And I will be back next week to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.